Welcome to The Hockey Show, presented by Coors Light. Breakaway for nonstop chill. And brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The Hockey Show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Here we go, everybody. Welcome to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Break away from the nonstop chill. Also sponsored by the Chicago Wolves, who kicked off their season last night with a victory. With Brian Hanley, I am Pat Boyle, coming to you from the first Midwest Bank Studios. And Brian, we got ourselves a hockey team to talk about. How about that, Patrick? Who, who saw this coming? Can they get a point for practice today to keep the streak alive? <laughs> They're going to try. They're going to try. Be honest. When the Blackhawks started this season 0-3 and, and were outscored 15-5 to in those losses, you thought this train was off the tracks and this season was going to be ugly, right? Oh, beyond that. I mean, I thought, you know, the point for the goal differential was going to be one for the record books. Uh, even, you know, losing 5-4 to in that fourth game, they still let up five goals, but in very short order, they found a goaltender. And so that, you know, the, the rotating three for the auditions, the auditions ended. And then the power play has been unbelievable. And, uh, boy, I don't know, are they getting paid by the hour over there? Because they like overtime. They're, they like overtime and shootouts. They're not playing the, paying the broadcasters by, no. uh, by how long the games go. But you're right. I mean, in the last three and a half weeks, they've registered at least a point in eight of nine games. As you said, it looks like they have a legitimate starting goalie. Rookies who you barely knew their names, Kurashev, Suter, Lankinen, Hagel, maybe Mitchell. You've seen their talent on display already. You talked about that power play. They've scored a power play goal in 10 of 12 games. The PK has been very solid. But most importantly, you've seen a young team buy into their coach's message. Be harder to play against. Be resilient. Be relentless. This team, again, I, we said it last week, Brian. They need to outwork you because they are no longer going to outskill you. Unless it's 88 on the ice. Right? I think we lost Brian. No, He's it's speechless. interesting. No, there you it, go. It's interesting because uh, DeBrinkett said they knew they had better even after the, the start of the season. I'm not sure I knew they had better. Because it looked like this, it was going to be a very long slog, even in a short season. Um, you know, the, the message Jeremy Carlton has instilled in this team. I don't know because maybe it's a younger team that it's a message that's easier sold or bought into. But Patrick Kane's bought into it, so once your best guy uh, buys into it, it's easier for the rest of the guys in the room to follow. But is it time to? And I, I, it's a little premature for me because I'm not sure what kind of coach Jeremy Carlton is in the, in the, in the now it's, it seems like he's a, a good coach for this team, but I saw Billy Donovan a couple of weeks ago, look like he had the team going in the right direction and now they're going in the wrong direction. So it's just, maybe it's too soon to tell, but I know a lot of people were not too sold on Colleton getting an extension before the season. And we'll talk to Stan Bowman about that decision when we visit with him in uh, just a little bit here, he's going to join us here on the hockey show. So, um, do we owe Jeremy Colleton uh, a good amount of praise for writing this ship that was sinking rather quickly in the first two weeks? 
Well, I, I think we do, and I, I guess it really doesn't matter what I think. The players think he does, and and the buy-in from the core is paramount. Like, when they had that Zoom session, when Stan Bowman and Jeremy Colleton had the Zoom session with Kane, Taves, Keith, and Seabrook, and Danny Wirtz, after Taves went uh public in the athletic that I wasn't aware of this this rebuild I I, I didn't see this coming and that we weren't going to re-sign Crawford so they had a a a zoom meeting kind of to clear the air to tell those four the direction this team was taking and what the plan was and it was a give and take conversation and so here's Patrick Kane the other night after a a game that like when you're up three to one and and it's you're going to the second period. You're in a pretty good spot. And then Carolina scores two quick goals in eight seconds, and it's 3-3. I was like, well, this is where a young team could could absolutely fall off the rails. They fought back, fought back, and they get the, they get the win. Here's Patrick Kane on the culture that Jeremy Colleton is setting with this young team. To be honest, these guys play so hard. I mean, it's uh, it's really great. I think uh, Jeremy's setting a culture here where, you know, he wants the hard work and he wants guys skating hard and uh, guys winning battles. So, um, you know, I think a lot, of, a lot of these guys do that so well. That's something I can get better at too. So, um, you know, it's uh, especially lately, it's been a fun group. You know, we've been pretty much in every game and, battling hanging around whether it's good goaltending or, or t- timely scoring or just you know um trying to figure out our game and uh now it's like okay we're in these games let's figure out how to win them and tonight was a, a good example where we're playing a great team you know you're up 3-1 they come back make it 3-3 pretty quick and uh we hung in there and found a way to win the game so that's uh that's the kind of stuff you like to see especially this season and you know, for the first 12 games, we're 4-4-4. Four, four, and four. We've been getting a lot of points lately, so I think we can continue this on and try to keep winning games and, uh, you know, hopefully keep making a push here. Moses Malone, 4-4-4. Four, four, four. <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is, the one regulation loss over the last nine games was maybe one of their best games of the year. That was when, when Corpus Salo stole the show for Columbus. So, again, they've been in every single hockey game the last nine games. No doubt. And look, many, I mean, tell me a coach that doesn't try to drill in the words relentless, be determined, right. be unselfish, make team decisions. You know, the cliche, pay, play for the, uh, the name on the front of the sweater, not on the back. And I, I mean, when I was covering this team, I went through Brian Sutter, Daryl Sutter, no, Brunt Sutter was playing, um, Hartsey, Lauren Mollican, Alpo Suhonen, Dirk Graham. I mean, you're depressing you, you, people right now. So. But there, there are a myriad of ways coaches try to get that message, that those, the, the core values across, right? Right. And when you have star power and you have top shelf talent, you don't have to win the battles. It's nice if, if you want to, you know, if your stars want to get dirty a little bit or stand in front of the net and take the punishment. But this team doesn't have that luxury. I mean, a little short on that. So whatever, whatever he's selling, they're buying right now. And maybe it's a snapshot, but hey, it's what twenty percent of the season already uh, in the books, right? So um, four, four, and four, and four, one, and four in the last nine. Uh, the stock 
the stock market says the Hawks are up. Now, Bet Rivers say, you know, you can still get them at 5,000 plus 5,000 to win the Central. So maybe the Vegas people aren't buying it, but I wonder if Hawks fans are. Yeah, I mean, has has your opinion changed about this team? 312-332-3776. And, and I mean, I, I think some credit needs to go to Jeremy Colleton for sure. And a guy that gets a lot of flack, although he's got three pelts on the wall, Stan Bowman, you got to look at some of the moves that, that he has made. You know, the 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 Kurashevs, the suitors. Uh, you know, look it looks like Ian Mitchell was a solid draft pick and you know could be a top four defenseman in this league. Bodan has made great strides in the last year. We we've got Boquist on COVID 19 protocol right now. Kubalik is uh He's picked up where he left off a year ago. So we're going to talk to Stan Bowman, president of Hockey Operations, at 1035. But look, we talked about the buy-in from the players. Here's Jeremy Colleton on his team's buy-in despite the loss of Taves and Doc to start the season. And all the naysayers saying that this team was going nowhere fast. From their perspective, just the expectations on the group and, and what was being said about them going into the season and we're missing some guys and, and all those things and how young we are. Um, you know, it would be easy to just accept it and, uh, you know, let the chips fall. I think our response has been, uh, we're going to work our way through it. And, uh, you know, we talked about being relentless and determined and, and unselfish and uh, making, making team decisions. And uh, I really have to, give them a ton of credit for how they've they've done that and they've done it with very limited training camp no preseason games and they start the season against the defending champs and give up 10 goals in those two games 10 goals in the next two games after that in florida which by the way those are the two teams that lead the central division so consider the uh the team that they were playing but credit these young guys for coming together. Keith seems to like this mentorship that he's had with guys like Mitchell. Uh, I, I know Patrick Kane enjoys it. Uh, it's been, and, and I'll say this. I thought the goalie decision to not bring back Corey Crawford or sign a vet, Brian, was the not the right move. I thought I'm there, with you. Yeah, I, I, mean, I thought there was a way to bring an established vet and then let Subban or Delia or Lankin in battle it out. But but then let's play that out. If you did that, Crow or whoever your starter would have been starting 50% or slightly above that, the amount of games. we If, if they had brought back Crow on a one-year deal and said, you know what, Corey, you're going to play 50% of the time. We need to find our next starter. That's part of what this season is all about. We still want you to get the crease 48 to 52% of the time, but these other three guys are in it. If that was the formula they went into this season, can you understand that Lankinen may have never been in the crease as of yet? Yeah, I mean, no doubt. But from a fan's perspective and wanting to watch entertaining hockey – I thought there was definitely a middle ground to, to get Crow re-signed, and it, it turned out not to be much of a negotiation. It, it seemed to be a courtesy offer, so they could at least said they tried, and Corey's people decided 
they had to try again. And the Hawks said, guess what? We have a different plan now. So the plan seems to be working. And I hear what you're saying. And so far, so good. But rebuilds are painful, right? Yeah. And I, I, and for all, you know, last year they were gifted a playoff spot uh, because of the pandemic and the, the league getting Montreal and the Blackhawks into the uh, tournament was, was fun. And they, won, they, they validated by, by knocking off and winning uh, the first round anyway. But for those of us who have been spoiled by not only playoff appearances, but championships, you know, a couple of years, two, three years without, you start saying, okay, how are we getting back there and how quickly? And those questions are still valid, right? How quickly are you getting back there? How long is this plan? Is the plan accelerated because what you've seen in the last two weeks? Has your opinion changed about this team? Which newcomer has impressed you most? 312-332-3776 is the number to share your opinion with us. Uh, We'll head to the phone lines next. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to the Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Presented by Coors Light. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Kubalik, rink wide, Yanmark right into the back, and he scores! What a pass, Kubalik to Yanmark, who was wide open from the circle in, went to the backhand and short-sided it. We're tied. Odans one time whiffed on it. Now a try by Kubalik, he scores! A bullet! Oh, Dominic Kubalik after Bodan whiffed on it. Kubalik able to tee it up and blew it by the stick side. Alvarimer, the Hawks with the lead. That's Pat Foley on NBC Sports Chicago. The power play of the Blackhawks is absolutely humming. Welcome back to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. Brian, 14 power play goals in 12 games. They didn't record their 14th power play goal until the 30th game last season. Well, you know, Kubalik talked about having a five-on-five mentality when you have the man advantage. And both units are working at different times. And I know that the players have been saying it's great because then one unit doesn't feel the pressure if the other one's not joining the party. But, you know, Pat, you and I talked about before the show, last year historically bad. And 18.4% the power play was in the last decade. That's pretty much the conversion rate. It's Mm -hmm. not just one year, not a snapshot. The, The difference is, According to Ben Pope in the Chicago Sun-Times, and he does a terrific job covering the team, um, they've had an 18.4% diversion rate on average from 2009-10 season through 2014-15, and that was 10th in the league. And then from 2015-16 to 2019-20, still the same 18.4% conversion rate, but they were 24th in the league because everyone else in the league got better or the rules allowed them to get better, and the Hawks were static. Now they're basically doubled that up with 37.8% conversion rate on the power play. And for a team that's not laden with star talent and doesn't have a lot of finishers, you have to you have to have the special teams going. And they do. I mean, the PK has been respectable and respectable and the power play has been, I mean, it just looks like a different animal right now. And I didn't think they had enough talent for two power play units. I thought, like, actually they were going to just load up and do what they did last year. To your point about how... Uh, reliant they were on one unit last year. Kane was on the ice for 27 of the 33 power play goals last season. So all but six he was on the ice for. This year, six of their 14 power play goals 
have been without Kane on the ice. So that second unit has been absolutely humming. Uh, Yanmark, Suter, Kurashev, Bodan, and Kubalik. That was the group that was out there. And oh, those are a lot of, other than Yanmark, first and second year players in the National Hockey League. That, that's, that's pretty incredible. Hey, let's go to the phone lines. I'm jealous of where this guy is calling from, from Clearwater, Florida, about 30 minutes from the site of Super Bowl 55. Craig oh, joins the hockey show. Good morning, hey. Craig. Good morning. How you guys doing? Not as good as you. <laughs> yeah, it's like seventy-five right now. You know, Stop. Uh, light wind blowing. Supposed Stop. to get up to about eighty. They got a celebrity. There's a celebrity football game starting in about two hours. Uh, Doug Flutie is supposed to be one of the starting quarterbacks. Um, I'm gonna. I'm a Bears fan as well as a Hawks fan. I'm gonna do a little quarterback scouting for the Bears. A <laughs> I was gonna say Ryan Pace should be looking at Flutie. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Right. And then I'm hoping that they have like Jennifer Anderson and. Uh, Heather Locklear lined up at wide receiver or oh, lined up at running back or maybe just lined up anywhere. I don't care. But you, yeah, got, a nice, you got a nice little Saturday lined up yeah, for right. yourself, Craig. What, what, what's on your mind oh, yeah. about this yeah, hockey so, team? Yeah, so you know what? I mean, I'm just answering your question. I, 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 it doesn't change my mind at all because I, I'm, a, I'm a season ticket holder. I watch a lot of hockey. And, I, and, and even last year, I went to the last game before COVID-19 stopped the, uh, the whole uh, league. And that was against St. Louis, but they were playing pretty good hockey. I mean, they weren't winning a lot, but you could see that that they were starting to gel. And um, I'm I'm really not surprised, and and I'm I'm happy, you know, that I don't mind them not signing Corey Crawford. They don't need to be signing older veterans to extend that that kind of stuff. I mean, they need to get out of that and, and turn the page. And even when Quenbo was let go, people were upset. But, you know, Kirby Dock would still be in the minors right now. He'd be, he'd be playing junior hockey if Joel Quenbo was running the show. So I'm glad Colton's here. I'm glad he's playing the young players. This, this Lankinen guy should have been up last year probably. And I just think, you know, I, I'm not saying they're going to win a Stanley Cup any time soon. But, but man, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing well. You could see it. You know, they're, they're working. All right, Craig, thanks for the call. Go to that celebrity uh, football game and find the Bears a quarterback, all right? I'm, I believe me, I'm looking, man. I am looking. All right, thanks, Craig. Um, Heather Locklear. Yeah, Heather Locklear. What is it? What is this? A celebrity uh, contest Arp? from 1997. <laughs> <laughs> Heather Locklear. <laughs> well, you know, whatever floats your boat. Exactly. Um, no, look. First of all, shade on on Joel Quenville. Like this guy's taking shots left and right. And his um, Panthers have a little point streak going yeah. too. The best start, second best start for Panthers uh, in a season, right? Look, nobody's saying let's start build the the parade float to uh, to take this team to Grant Park when this when this shortened season is over. I, the, but I, I think you're just looking at the decision to go young, the decision to develop players, the def- decision to go with three unproven goalies and have them battle it out, and the third goalie you turn to is among the league leaders 12 games in. The the buttons they have pushed so far seem to be working, and I don't think honest Blackhawk fans out there, okay, especially after those first three or four games, I don't think they saw this coming, if they're, if they're honest with themselves, right? Yeah, uh, no, no one... Uh, I'm- I don't think Stan saw it coming after that. And we'll ask him, but we do have a, a Twitter poll out there because the, the Hawks are 4-4-4 four, four, and 4-1-4 four, and four, one and four in their last nine. Um, what does that mean? Does it mean Stan's plan is working? Uh, does it mean the playoffs are a possibility? 
or does it mean as much as Groundhog's Day? Because, you know, Punk's a Tony Phil. He saw the shadow. Woodstock Willie didn't see the shadow. So if you're going with Phil, six more weeks of winter, and believe me, this next week's going to feel like six months of winter, I'm going with Woodstock Willie because I'm, I'm hoping for an early spring. But that said, does it mean a postseason's on the way? And uh, does it change? You know, I mean, as a, as a president and GM, if if the Hawks even take another uh, step and they you know have an opportunity to do that with Dallas coming up here and, and prove that they can compete and win against the some of the better teams, do you get itchy and say, hey, maybe we have something more here than we thought, and you make plans accordingly and make moves accordingly? Is Kevin Lankin in the real deal? A nine twenty eight save percentage, three one two three three two three seven seven six. John in Evanston joins the hockey show on ESPN one thousand. Good morning, John. Hey guys, yeah, I think Lankinen's the real deal. Um, I think he's he's on the verge of being something real good. But the one hockey player that I'm going to be watching against Dallas tomorrow um, is is Suter. I mean, since his hat trick against Columbus, the the kid is around the net and he's picking up rebounds and and you know doing the job and and he can skate. I mean, he's quick. He can get up and down the ice. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go overboard and say this guy's going to be rookie of the year or anything, but I'm glad he's meshing with his teammates and I'm glad he's having fun. And, and he, you can tell that he's having fun now because that first, you know, that hat trick got him on, off the snide. And he knows he can score. And his teammates know that. They can give him the puck, and at least he'll get the puck on the net, and they can go for rebounds. And um, like I said, I think Lekkonen's the real deal in the net. I, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. This is a young hockey team. They're going to have their down period. It's, you know, it's going to happen. But, you know, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but let's enjoy this season. We're at 500 now, and let's see where we can go from here. All right, John, thank you for the call on the topic of – Hugh Suter, you know, he led the Swiss League last year, but most of his goals, Brian, were like uh, what John said. They were within 10 feet of of the net, and he is willing to go to those areas. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but we saw, like, he took away the goalie's eyes on Kubalik's goal the other night. He did it when Kane chipped the puck. Yeah, he was standing right at the Stand, doorstop and yeah. knocked the puck down. He he brought the puck down, put it on net, and then uh, Debrinket cashed in with the rebound. So, you know, I would say that guys willing to go to the front of the net has been an Achilles heel for this team for even even throughout the cup winning years. Like, we were always, like, trying to find the guy. Like, okay, Bickle's going to do it. All right, it's Shaw's turn. But it was always, like... Everyone's who, like, who's the next big buff? Can right, we go get him again? Right, who, who's going to be that guy? And... uh it looks like they have a a few. I'll tell you this. So Suter started on the fourth line the last game. He was bumped up to play with Yanmark and Kane. I'm looking at Matthias Yanmark playing against his former team over the next two games. Yanmark took was a big part of Dallas getting to the Stanley Cup final in the bubble uh, last year, last season. And uh, I think he's been really, really solid for this team. Like in all areas, I've, I've been really impressed with Yanmark, and I always love seeing a player take on his former team for the first time. Yeah, no doubt, he's been he's been, you know, a great addition to the team. There've been a lot of little uh, moves here that Stan has made that they've helped out and helped this team, you know, right the ship after that horrific start. So, it's 
fun. And it's fun, like you said, start of the show, top of the show. The, the young guys who a few weeks ago, most Hawks fans couldn't even pronounce their names, right. let alone know what they had here, right? Absolutely. Here's uh, here's Alex Debrinkit on the team's improvements. We've done a good job of battling each night, giving ourselves a chance to win. And I think, um, you know, we kind of took those first few games and um, threw them out. Obviously, we knew we had better than that. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think we're a team that's going to beat other teams by skill. But, um, you know, we've been playing the right way, working hard, um, buying into the system, and it's been working out well. How about, how about his week, Brian? He, he's on the COVID-19 yeah. list. He, he's not able to skate for over 10 days, only allowed to work out at his, at his house. He, uh, he comes to the morning skate on Tuesday, plays that night, and registers a couple of points. Two nights later, that's where I thought, like, you know, we, we might see a little bit of rust in him, you know, c- coming off the layoff and then playing the one game. Oh, uh, no, he had two goals. Like, I mean, like, credit some of these guys that are, you know, put on COVID-19 protocol list. They're professional athletes not able to, to work out uh, the way they normally do. And the, the, the protocol list has even changed over the last week. These players are now not allowed to come to the rink until 90 minutes before faceoff. A lot of these guys, like Alex Dabrinkit, usually gets there three hours before game time. Yeah, and I think the league is going to uh, reverse that if they haven't. I think they might have even announced it this morning. But take the glass off behind the bench to get better circulation. And look, we got off the air last Saturday, and the Hawks announced they canceled practice, right? right. And I'm holding my breath thinking, okay, well, how many games are going to be canceled right. too? Because you look around, Colorado has now just wiped four more games off their schedule. Minnesota's going through issues. So the league is is revamping the schedule as quickly as they can. We know Dallas had its issues to start the season. So, um, you know, it's remarkable that Dabrinkit hops right back on the ice and doesn't miss a beat. And and we need a big season out of him if you're a Hawks fan and if you're the Blackhawks because of, you know, the up-and-down part he had last year. But you also... If you're running a team like Stan Bowman is and Jeremy Colleton, you're trying to keep this team healthy and, and moving in the right direction without any of these more than hiccups. I mean, if you're, you're wiping four or five games out and rescheduling them. That That's a big issue for a team. Let's squeeze Larry on the south side in. Uh, Larry, you're on the hockey show on ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. Great show as always. How you doing? Excellent. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, I like the way the Hawks been playing. They, they've uh, the youngsters are really playing good. They're, they're really competing, skating hard. And uh, my, my question is, though, uh, with the cap space, uh, with Stan, um, you know, what, uh, like last year with Leonard not here and Crow's, Crow's gone, uh, Saad, they traded him away, Mata's gone, uh, maybe they can get some relief for, with Seabrook being hurt or Taze being hurt. Doesn't Stan have a little cap space money to work with? Uh, there's not a ton of space right now. You know, we got him coming up. We can uh, certainly ask him if the start to this season – has altered their plans at all, but you know I don't expect them to be buyers by by any means uh, at the trade deadline. But something that we could pose to the uh, president of hockey operations, Stan Bowman, who will join us coming up next. Uh, by the way, we have a Chicago Wolves giveaway 
They uh, opened up their season last night beating Grand Rapids. 3-1 was the final. Collar 10 wins a $24.99 AHL TV package. Every Wolves game will be streamed live on AHL streaming platform. All details on how to get the AHL package are available at chicagowolves.com. Tenth caller at 312-332-3776 wins an AHL TV package. We're coming back on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Stan Bowman. The Hockey Show, presented by Coors Light. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Rolling on on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Break away from the nonstop chill. With Brian Hanley, I am Pat Boyle. We come to you every Saturday morning on ESPN 1000 at 10 a.m. And it is our pleasure to welcome in the president of hockey operations of your Chicago Blackhawks, Stan Bowman. Good morning, Stan. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, I'll be honest, you know, a lot has changed over the last three and a half weeks. I would like to know what it's been like for you going back to, you know, announcing the youth movement component of the rebuild during the off season. Then you're dealt the Taves doc situation, tough first three games. Then the last nine, you see a team get a point in an eight of nine games, a rather young roster buying into this work harder than their opponent mentality. What has the last month and change been like for you? Well, you're right. We've certainly built from our start. I think, you know, with the young group like we have here, um, there was going to be a little bit of uh, an adjustment, and it was difficult this year. We had no exhibition games. We had a very, very short training camp. So, and not to mention, you know, starting the season against the Stanley Cup champs so that, on the road. That was a pretty tough uh, beginning for us, and, uh, you know, it, it took us a little bit to get our legs under us, but you know, I think, like you said, the last eight or nine games has been certainly much better than the start, and I think that's something we want to build on here with our young players. Uh, you know, they're getting acclimated to the NHL. I think this team is starting to, you know, come together as a team, and that, that's something that happens each year. You know, it's, it's a different group of players year to year, so they have to come together as a group and kind of figure out what their roles are, understand and it takes the coaches some time to to you know sort that out in games. You have your ideas from from practices and from training camp, but until you actually start playing games, um, it, it, that stuff just has to play itself out. So it, it's been nice to see some progress and uh, some progression from our young players, and you know even some of our veterans. I think as we've gotten into the year a little bit here, they've they've stepped up their performance too. So. Uh, you know, you want to be as competitive as you can as you're continuing to grow. And, um, you know, we're hoping that we continue on. We understand that there's probably going to be some peaks and valleys throughout the year. But um, the way we've played lately, uh, it's been fun to watch. Stan, talk about progress. The power play is remarkable compared to where you've been. Uh, 37.8% conversion rate. That's fourth in the league. I know Jeremy talked about two units. You know, the first unit he wanted to be a movement unit. The second unit, more of a shooting unit. Um, who gets credit for that? Is it philosophy and changes that have been made or personnel? Well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it always comes down to execution. But because uh, I think, you know, we always have a plan. Even when the power play is struggling, they 
spend a lot of time on it and they, uh, you know, they not only practice it, but they work on video. So that's nothing new. I think certainly confidence helps. I think when you have a little bit of success early, it can help, uh, you know, push you forward. I guess the one thing that's different this year is we've had really good balance between both units. Um, you know, uh, certainly over the last stretch, I think that you could call it the second unit, but they've been even more effective than the top unit. So I think when that happens, then you start to see uh, the other team has to focus on both units. They can't just prepare for one. And like you said, each unit has a little bit of a different structure and uh, uh, different things we're trying to accomplish. So the penalty killers have to, um, you know, spend their time preparing differently. And I think that we, we've seen both units have success so far. So um, I, I like the fact that, you know, we're not just using one unit exclusively and the units are somewhat different the way that they're orchestrated. So uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. And I think we've seen, uh, you know, better movement with, with the one power play, not only puck movement, but player movement. And the other one we do have, uh, you know, Kubi's had some, uh, some really good shots and that that's his strength. He's a shooter. Um, he did make a nice play the other night as well. Uh, so I think he, you know, he mixed it up a little bit. He set up Kurashev on a backdoor play. So there's, um, there's a lot of different things that, that our guys, uh, look for. But I think when we have, um, we have our units the way they are now, I think both of them are deadly, and uh, that's something that we, we want to keep pushing forward. President of Hockey Operations, Stan Bowman, joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Goalie situation, Stan, appears to be in in great shape with the way Lankinen is playing. I, I have to admit, I, I thought it was really risky not having, say, Crow or another vet on a one-year deal and then trying to work Sue Bandelia and Lankinen in as your eventual starter. But had you gone that route, there's a really good chance we'd be 12 games into this season and Lankinen may not have even seen the crease as of yet. So from the the way the plan was put into place and how it's played out, I know you're an optimist, but it, even even the optimist, are you somewhat pleasantly surprised with how it's gone? Oh, for sure, Pat. Uh, I mean, obviously, we, we don't know until you give these goalies an, uh, a real opportunity. And, you know, in Kevin's case, uh, we saw the potential there. We saw how impressive he was, not only in Rockford, but in on a bigger stage at the World Championship, and he took Finland to the title there. So he's done it before, but he's not done it in the NHL. And until it happens, um, you can't be assured it's going to happen. Uh, but we were optimistic about it. And uh, yeah, I've been impressed with Kevin's uh, approach and demeanor throughout not only this year, but even in the past. He's a very determined individual uh you know he, he's confident and he's also uh very focused on on uh, being a great goaltender so i think you know his mindset plays into it and uh he's certainly given our team a boost I, I think you could tell early even you know he didn't win that first game but i, I thought he played pretty well in, in florida and he got a chance to start the next game and that's when things for our team started to turn around at home against detroit and Kevin has kind of built on that going forward. So, um, you know, the same thing, like Malcolm and, and Colin haven't had as many starts, obviously, but, you know, we're still going to have to use more than one goalie this year. We're going to have a busy schedule, as as we all know. You're playing the equivalent of a, a game every other day, really, when you, when you balance it out the rest of the season. So 
um, we're going to need more than one goalie. So uh, right now, Kevin is certainly the the hot hand, and we want to try to uh, give him as much opportunity to continue that. DeBrinket said the other night, uh, it's great to be self-aware, I guess, Stan. He said, we're not going to win a lot of games by, by skill. And um, yet, 4-1-4 four, and four in the last nine, I was joking with Pat that apparently you're paying them by the hour over there because they like to go into overtime shootouts. <laughs> um, the the you know after the the rough start against those two good teams um 30 and 30 and 19 30 goals for 19 against um is the plan accelerated in your mind is it just proved that it's working and there's a foundation here does it change anything in your mind approximately 20 percent into the season yeah i think you, you use a good word there the foundation that's what we're trying we're trying to build a foundation of like a minimum level that we need to have every night to have a chance to win and if we can bring that, which we have done over the last nine games, I think uh, even the game we lost was arguably our best performance of the year. We just uh, ran into a really hot goalie that night for Columbus. But um, I think if we can build a foundation of uh, the competitiveness, the relentless work ethic, if we bring that every night, our foundation is there. And then that gives you a good chance going forward. Um, you certainly still need the special teams. You need the goaltending. Um, so you, you may have that foundation and not win all the time. But if you bring that every night, uh, that's something to build on. And I think what Alex was saying in that is, is very true. Like We're not as offensively gifted as we have been in years past. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to be a successful team. It just means that the, the path to success is going to be a little bit differently. And we can't expect to be um, trying to score five and six goals a game. You know, sometimes when you play the right way, you end up scoring more because uh, you frustrate the other team into, into mistakes and you capitalize. And, uh, you know, I think the other night was a good example. I mean, Carolina is an excellent team. I mean, they're, they're a very uh, impressive team to play against. And we scored six goals on them uh, and, you know and they're a tough team as far as their defensive work they they pressure you but uh, but everybody makes mistakes and I think we we stuck with it and it was impressive that game for me when we had that lead coming out of the the first intermission and they scored those two goals right away uh, but we didn't fold you know we even took a penalty after that and we killed the penalty and kind of stabilized things and we got ourselves to the point where we were still in the game and we could finish strong in the third period. So I think that's a sign of a team that, that's going to stick with it, and that's what we want from this group. Stan, uh, I, I've said on this show that uh, I'm not going to get into the, the rumor or first-to-report business with Taves' medical situation because uh, <laughs> with everything he's done and for this franchise, for this city, he's earned the right to handle this how he wants to. But you know because of his fame and his popularity, everybody's craving to know how he's doing. Have you talked to him recently, and, and, and how was he? Uh, I haven't talked to him recently. I have talked to him, you know, over the past few weeks. Uh, and, um, you know, the the only thing I have to say is just it's kind of status quo for us right now. And, um, you know, when, when Johnny's feeling better and ready to be back, you know, you guys will be the first to know. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll be welcome him back. And in the meantime, um, we want to wish him well and, and, you know, get himself to a point where he's able to play again and whenever that is we'll we'll be ready for him but we're you know we're trying to just give him the the time and the space that i think is probably needed and appropriate um you know if you think to your own life when when you're not feeling great someone checking up on you all the time isn't always what you're looking for so i think 
he knows that we're there for him. But um, right now we're kind of focused on the group we have here. And um, whenever that is that he's ready, we'll, we'll welcome him back. That said, Stan, if, if the team continues to play, it takes another step or two in the next few weeks. Does that change anything in the short term for you in terms of adding to this team? And, and you know, if they do they earn a shot at the playoffs or look like they could be a playoff team, does that change your direction and personnel and acquisitions? Uh, boy, that's, that's a lot of speculation there. I mean, I guess we got to just take it as it comes. I think that the, the important thing is we are building uh, for the future. So we're going to continue to give younger players an opportunity here um, to, to continue to grow. And, you know, we're looking at this as a, a season where we're, we're incorporating new guys. Um, they're getting their NHL experience under their belt and uh, they're starting to improve. And, you know, I think we talked about this in the off season. It's not always a, a linear progression up. Uh, I mean, some of these guys, you know, they might they might have some times when they step back, and if they do, then you know we'll work with them and, and get them better. So, as far as where the team's going to go in, in the next month or two, um, you know, we'll just tackle that when we get to it. I think we're just focused right now on on you know the next week here of games and being prepared, and and then if we need to make adjustments at a later date, either way, then then we'll look at it then. Well, they're a fun team to watch. They'll be on the ice against Dallas, a tough test tomorrow afternoon. We really appreciate you uh, taking time to to join us this morning. Thank you, Stan. Yeah, thanks. I enjoyed it. Stan Bowman, the president of Hockey Options from your Chicago Blackhawks. Up next, the foremost hockey expert, the, 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 the creme de la creme at ESPN 1000 when it comes to talking hockey, Tommy Hawk joins us next. The Hockey Show. Presented by Coors Light. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the new ESPN Chicago app from anywhere. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Payne threw it in front there. Suter, a whack. Save, rebound. They score to break it. Great shift here for the line of Suter. Came to break it. The Caner's behind the net, and with a backhand, he flipped that puck like high in the net. I don't know who it was. It was a suitor the next that shot it off the goalie, and then uh, Cat knocked it back in. But that little fluffy pass that Kane delivered out in front of the net, behind from behind the net, I wet myself. Really? I wet myself. It was that good for you? I peed myself. I did. I couldn't believe it. It was just like this little feathery pass. The one and only Tommy Hawk, Tom Waddle. <laughs> I wet myself. <laughs> Nobody breaks down the vulcanized rubber better than uh, one Thomas Waddle. Can or, I say one one word for him? Depends. Depends. Yes. Well, then, I wet myself. I think they're going to be sponsoring their uh, their extravaganza <laughs> on Twitch tomorrow. Oh boy, this is going to be fun. Yeah, a little pregame show. What three to five? They're going to have a cavalcade of stars. I think. Uh, I think Jay Cutler's calling in. I mean, it's and, just. You know. And I believe Tommy has facilities in his house, so he won't have to wet himself. Well, he probably still will wear the depends. You know, it's going to be that guy. <laughs> he could be overserved tomorrow. So oh, there'll be there'll be plenty of that. That'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Uh, what was your big takeaway from our Stan Bowman conversation? Uh, you know, that steady as she goes, and and he's just uh, one. Uh, he admitted he was a, a surprised, but look, every team didn't have a, a camp, and 
every team didn't have to start against Tampa and Florida, and Florida's turned out to be a pretty good team. So it's great that the, the team has a mindset to flush the, the first three or four games and, and be a different team. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes. Now, maybe two weeks from now, as, he, as Stan said, they're going to hit bumps in the road, as young teams do, as rebuilding teams do. Um, but And it changes everyone's kind of perspective on it. But so far, you said it, they're entertaining, and you really enjoy watching every, a game every other night because this team is seemingly going in the right direction. They're in every game. They've been in yeah. every game. They've got the goaltending, it looks like. The special teams is fun to watch. They're working hard in these uh fanless stadiums with not a lot of energy tomorrow. They're in Dallas. Uh, the pregame starts at 1.30 on NBC Sports Chicago. And then we'll take you right up to kickoff of Super Bowl 55. You uh, you and Freddie Hubner take over the airwaves till 1 p.m. I assume a lot of Super Bowl 55 conversation uh, will take place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, preview the, the big game, give our takes on it. Laurie Markinen, here's a surprise he's hurt again. It's un, you know unbelievable that injury keeps uh, befalling on this guy, and he's having a great season, a very good season, a bounce-back season he needs to have, so we'll have some Bulls talk. Certainly get around to the Bears and the quarterback carousel and see if there's any more clarity there or what they should do, but uh, lot, lots to talk about. Absolutely. That's up next with Freddie Hubner and Brian Hanley. Uh, we want to thank our uh, producer, Tyler Aki. Well, we want to also thank... Uh, the president of Hockey Operations, Stan Bowman, for joining us on today's show. Again, Hawks in action uh, tomorrow in Dallas on Super Bowl Sunday. I think that's because uh, the Mavericks are playing tonight at home. I was wondering, I'm like, why Why the heck are the Hawks playing, you know, at 2 o'clock right before the Super Bowl? But I think it's a building situation. Yeah, so, got to get the games in. So we'll see if they can continue uh, the mojo that they have going. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Break away from the nonstop chill. It's also sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. Thanks to the folks in uh, on Twitch who've, who follow the show and uh, have been jumping in. i, I got to do a better job. Of of partaking with the Twitchers, which folks love, Patty Boy. Do they? All right, oh, they love. Well, I love you guys hey, too. As Connor McKnight said, you just bring your handsomeness, and that's all you need. <laughs> right. Well, all this right. handsomeness is ent- is exiting stage left, and it's all up to uh, the Freddie Hubman and uh, Brian Hanley. They'll take over next. That's it for the hockey show on ESPN One Thousand. Have a great Saturday and a great weekend, everybody.